Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Sorry, I took a little bit of a week off last week. Um, you know, the, the world is getting darker and it is getting more difficult. So I just took a bit of a week off. And if I'm honest, I didn't really do anything productive. I, I played Xbox and I, I, I got Sky TV, so I've just been watching movies. Uh, but I'm back with another podcast and I'm joined by Mr. James Dempster, um, digital marketing extraordinaire. Um, yeah, so really, really great to have James on. Thank you very much for coming on. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, go on, not bad. We're we're talking as if we haven't just been talking for the last five days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just thinking, I was jealous of your week as well. I've just um, my seven-year-old has just got into FIFA, so FIFA 21 gets delivered tomorrow. All right. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to that over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, nice. FIFA's FIFA's like one of the only games that I never got into. Like my, I lived really? with my mate for a couple of years. Um, the last couple of years just before moving in with my girlfriend and he's obsessed with it like every time I go to bed he'd be like right fire up the old girl and he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he's so into it but I just because I don't I don't really you know I'm not that into football I think that's why but yeah I, yeah I think if you're not into football it's not, there's not much of a challenge uh, through uni I lived with six lads and so if there's nothing to do there was always winner stays on yeah. up, which was wicked um, but yeah I mean now they don't change anything, and then it's another sixty quid just for yeah. the new kits and stuff. Yeah. But this is the first one I've bought for ages because because my my boy's older. He he's actually beaten me a couple of times already. So oh. I thought, all right, we'll get we'll get the most up to date one, and then we'll yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, you see, um, did you see that thing that uh, Burger King have done with the new FIFA? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I loved it. Really yeah. loved it. They're they're yeah. they're so smart in terms of like yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you must know about it as well because you're in the same sort of space. But marketing, they they basically said they would sponsor like a pretty a pretty average team, didn't they? And then they went. I on think to- it was St- Stevenage, wasn't it? So below, I would say a lot below average. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Offended them, but yeah, a, pr- a pretty a pretty <laughs> yeah. a pretty shit team. But yeah, they so they they did that, and then people who played as them on FIFA could go and get like a free burger or something, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I think you had to get a certain amount of shares or likes or whatever, yeah. and then you'd get a free burger. Yeah, but it's brilliant. And also, because when you so you if you do the story mode of FIFA, you kind of build your own team. Yeah. You, so so you put you like some proper nutters will pay good money to get like Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, like fifty quid of actual money to get him into your team. Oh really? And then, but people also pay for like the nicest kits, and so the Burger King logo looked a lot nicer than a lot of the other kits so that was why people were quite happy to share it and then everything yeah. else off the back of it so yeah it was good uh, it's, yeah a- excellent idea they're, they're so good at it so um tell well tell tell me i mean we've met uh over zoom once and then in person once just before lockdown at a networking event but um tell tell me a bit more about yourself and the and the listeners as well i mean what do you what's your name where'd you come from what do you do um, so yeah, name's James Dempster. Uh, grew up in um, northwest London, uh, not, not particularly nice part of northwest London. But um, if you listen to my nan, it was all green fields and lovely. But in yeah. reality, it was uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly like that. Um, I yeah, I did archaeology at uni, which has been super useful for a career in digital marketing. Although, as you know, every single talk I give, I now refer back to ancient Greece. So it has done something, but it's only been in the last few years that I've yep. kind of refound my love of it. Cool. I was going to say, you, you did a, I swear, haven't you done a TED talk about what ancient Greece can teach us about digital marketing? So I won't lie, I haven't watched it, but I, I swear. I think Sandy. I, 
uh, yeah, you were you were kind. It was a TEDx talk, so it was um, like a localized version of TED. But yeah, it was a uh, yeah. What the digital mar- uh, what the ancient Greeks taught us about digital marketing. I've got a follow up one, which um, I, I'm hoping to do soon as well. Epic, epic. So when so you obviously did archaeology, and then how how did that lead into you owning a digital marketing agency? What how did that happen? <laughs> Well, I left uni, as most people did, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was living in Liverpool, loved the city, and didn't want to go anywhere else. Um, so I took a couple of couple of strange jobs. I did some landscape gardening. I did some like tele sales, you know, those kind of roles. Then, then I I really can't remember how, but I stumbled into um, Carphone Warehouse. That glorious stalwart of everyone's uh, CV um, and started on the shop floor selling do you remember the Nokia 1100s the really basic 10 pound phone yeah yeah I remember that Drug still phone. haunts <laughs> yeah exactly still <laughs> haunts my dreams yeah um, uh, and then worked my way up first to manager and then to like uh, deputy area manager and then area manager for a bit and then um yeah, well, I'd, like, I didn't want to get a whole career in Carfo Warehouse. So yeah. then a couple of other jobs, went travelling for, for a bit and then came back, took, like, my, over the time I was travelling, my sister moved down from London to Brighton, so I thought I'd come to Brighton for a couple of months, see my nephew, and then that couple of months has since been 11 years. Um, and, yeah, started the agency up about eight years ago now. Awesome. Coming up to eight years yeah nice nice that's like it's so funny isn't it when you leave uni and you i mean i didn't go to uni but you know i, I a lot of friends did the stuff and they kind of leave and you just you sort of just look around the room for so long don't you wondering like what to do with yourself afterwards yeah it'll be interesting now, now i've got two sons as well i don't know what my advice will be because i, I think the world's changed anyway but i think yeah. if i had my time again um i'm not sure i'd have gone to uni if i'm honest I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it but i think part of me um always had a slight itch to join the army or the raf which i think would probably have suited me better apart from i'm not very good at taking orders so perhaps not but maybe that would have made me better at doing it and or, or done an apprenticeship you know i think part of me does still regret not doing something that you can see a start and finish to you know like um a carpenter or a plumber or plaster or something like that I think I would have quite enjoyed um I, but yeah I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing so I don't know why I'm yeah. <laughs> well, exactly it's, it, it, it can often I mean I'm I'm 20 29 and I basically changed careers last year and I kind of started something new and I think a lot of people they say don't they right that's it you've got your career now you're going to do it for 45 years then you're going to retire then you're going to die you know, and it's, I think uh, a lot of people are coming around to realising that you can kind of reinvent yourself every 10 years kind of thing. And a lot of people are doing it and successfully. Yeah, agreed. I, th- I think that perception of having one job and then dying in it, I think millennials and below don't really buy into that. Nah. Um, and I think, well, it's, you know, particularly, I do some guest lecturing for uh, Brighton Uni and one of the chaps there was saying that often they're teaching people for jobs that, don't even exist yet you know in three years time those jobs will be here so they're teaching less around this is how you do something but more this is around how you can teach yourself to do it and then you know igniting that kind of passion of learning and then they can go off and do their own thing 
That's it, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, obviously you're, you know, in digital marketing and stuff, but I mean, when I, for me, I, I work in social media, as you know, but like I've seen on, you know, LinkedIn or whatever, people I went to school with all work in social media as well and stuff. stuff. When they went to uni, when, you know, my year went to uni in 2009, 2010, social media, like as a job, mm. wasn't a thing yet, really. I mean, maybe like Gary Vee was doing it, but no one else was, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's so weird thinking that even, yeah, now people are, doing these jobs that you can't even go to uni for so i think it's yeah, yeah exactly which which again i think unless you really know what you you want to do there's an argument for just going out and i don't know doing a part-time degree or 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 just going straight into the world of work i, I you know i think people need to find their own path but i'm not i'm not necessarily an advocate either way i think sometimes there's too much pressure on people that you have to go to uni and and like you said at the beginning, you know, there's loads of people that feel they have to justify that they didn't go to uni. I think yeah. that is a thing, particularly, in our, you know, I'm older than you, but in my age group down, I think people say, oh, I didn't go to uni. Like you wouldn't say, oh, I didn't work at Waitrose, you know. Yeah. It, no, I, it's I, something you feel you have to just. Yeah, I always feel like I have to make a point of like the fact. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and I, I weirdly feel fortunate because people are usually surprised that I didn't go to uni, which I tend to take as a compliment. But um, yeah, people... No, are, I would have guessed you had, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you know, with the digital marketing and stuff, how, how have you found, how, how's the last few months been for you? I mean, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's easy for us because, you know, we were just saying before I hit record, like, I love working from home and it's super easy and it looks like you've got a nice yeah. home office there as well and stuff. So how, how, was, how did that affect you um, kind of march onwards? Well, I guess we'll come on to the whole diagnosis and the mental health part, yeah. but the March, the sort of last week of March and the first two, three weeks of April were hideous. Um, we, just every phone call I got pretty much was a client, you know, asking to pause or, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm not a person that shies away from the phone, but there was a period where I was nervous about my phone ringing. You know, it didn't feel good, um, particularly when it wasn't, out of you know it's completely out of my control yeah. um so normally you know no one starts a business thinking how do i plan for failure um and normally i'm thinking you know next year i'm going to need to hire more people or i'm going to need to invest in xyz this was the the first time i'd ever written down like disaster plans of each part of revenue what would i do you know what what cuts would i have to make and so, so that was a difficult period and my wife works full time and we've got two young children as well. So we were kind of like tag team homeschooling and do it running a business. And, and I'm also chair of governors at, at the school. So they were, you know, there was a lot I had to do around, around that. And I'd do a couple of other bits as well, which, which so it was a, it was a very difficult place, March and April. This at that point was my youngest son's bedroom as well. Um, so we put my boys in together. Luckily, my other son already had bump beds in his room and, and, and they've been brilliant. They get on really, really well. So it's oh, been good. good for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then now, like, like you're saying, I, I can work from home forever now. I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, a couple of my team really miss the office. So I've opened up on Wednesdays and it's a voluntary thing. You can come in if you want to, um, because you know, some people need that space away from, you know, whether they've got a smaller flat or whether they just don't have a space that they can be in work mode yeah. or some people just need that physical interaction, you know, with, with insane people. So, um, I've been mindful of government advice, but at the same time, I, I feel like a day a week voluntary is not, not, you know, breaking the rules. 
Yeah, and I mean, if, um, if you're Dominic, whatever, you can go to castles and live the dream. So, yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, Brewdog made a beer about it, didn't they? Classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it, is, it is so hard. And I think that's, you know, and again, we've said this just before I hit record, that's potentially the only thing that I've maybe struggled with a bit. Like, I love working from home and stuff, but sometimes it, you, you can get a little bit lonely because, as you said, it's out of your control. You know, like yeah. you said, you know, um, and that that's really difficult. Like if I don't want to go out and see my friends, I'm kind of happy to do that. But there's a there's a di- you know there's a huge difference between being alone and being lonely. Um, yeah, com- completely. And I think that is one thing that everyone has learned about themselves. We humans need choice. If something's imposed on us, and I think particularly Brits, we don't do well with being told what to do. So I think if 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 you chose. Because in hindsight, and knowing now what I know about myself, I probably would have chosen something more solitary, potentially. Um, but, you know, I think the um, the fact of being told to do things means that you then want to do the opposite. It's just, just how we work. But, but then at the same time, you know, I think if we're going to be locked down anywhere, Sussex is quite a good place to be locked down. And I think, you know, there's been some real positives. Like we, we went for way more walks than we ever did as a family yeah. um, at the first time. And we've kept the habit of eating, you know, the four of us sitting around the table and discussing our day and eating more meals around the table than we've ever done before, which has been yeah. a positive. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think there's, there are some things that are, that, you know, are good to remember the simpler things that don't cost any money that, you know, we can, we can enjoy. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it has made people step back. And weirdly enough, I think every person I've had on the podcast and I've chatted to about lockdown, every single one of them have been like, I really enjoyed it. And I, I, you know, yeah. I enjoyed it as well for those reasons, because I just, like, I, I, I drove up to Scotland to be with my mum. My mum lives by herself and she got made redundant. So as soon as it happened, I drove straight up there and, I was, yeah, sitting, you know, up with her and I just kind of went back to being a 14-year-old, you know. I was, I, I like you, I was scared of the, the phone rang in March and I basically lost, you know, 50, 60% of all my work. So I was only working a few hours a day and there was no point trying to find more work because there wasn't any out there. So I very yeah. much like, was like, right, well, I'm going to steer into the skid here and binge Netflix and make cakes, you know. So it was, yeah, it, nice. It, you know, and yeah, go for a walk on the beach and it was, it was beautiful, but... Again, by the you know, I was I was quite glad to to you know for the world to reopen. Let's say. Yeah, yeah, fair. I don't, and again, it's it's choice, isn't it? Um, exactly. I think the uh, that if we knew that was something we we decided on, I think we would have done it for longer potentially. But um, but yeah, I think the other thing as well is interesting. Cause spoken to most people in marketing, the um, because we, we've actually had a really strong September and August, which is good. Lots of those people have come back and we've, we've won some new ones as well. Yeah. But it, having seen the last recession where people cut marketing spend, it's, it's, uh, it's a knee-jerk reaction. And, look, and we, you know, the, the rhetoric coming out now is we're going to be in this probably till April. I think that's what most people are expecting now. So people will be buying things between now and April. So to pull away from your marketing spend entirely, I think, is a, a very short-termism reaction. So... Um, you know, I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about the next six months. Yeah. Well, I always say as well, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess marketing's probably completely changed and that now it's it's on this. It's on your phone, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like, all this stuff, like, it it follows you everywhere, whether you like it or not. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's these places, these brands and stuff, their shops are closed. It's the only place they're visible. So it's, you know. Exactly. It, and But I think, again, because it's going to be really interesting, I keep having this discussion with friends, like, 
part of me thinks we'll go we'll revert straight back to how we were pre-lockdown because actually a year is not that long in the, in the scheme of things of changing people's behavior but then i think some things will change i don't think like for instance one of the things i love working from home um is that i get to do loads of chores during the week so it means the weekends are better i'm not yeah. thinking i've got to put a wash on i've got to clean the car i've got yeah, to do that because yeah. i've probably done that in the week secondly i don't want to ever go around the supermarket again if i can avoid it i don't want to spend a saturday doing that or going to a retail park to find some shoes for my boys like, you know so i think people are going to be much more choosy with how they spend their time um, yeah. and, and probably though anyone that was still thinking that um you know online would never overtake the high well not overtake the high street but would obliterate the high street i think the high street obviously i feel really sorry for them and and, and it's it's a it's a tough place because we don't want our town centers to become ghost towns yeah but i think they need to be creative with what they offer um and, and you know we, we had this experiential marketing didn't we for years before covid and i, I think the experience of retail has got to be something people focus on yeah. getting people to to find something in, in store or whatever that is different than they can get online yeah exactly otherwise people people have like yeah well I, again going back to me doing this as a job i realized I, I listened to a podcast with someone and they were talking about what your currency is and i realized that my currency is time not money i'd rather i'd rather maybe earn a little bit less money but have way more time to do the things i love i'm very into water sports like you know windsurfing surfing so it's forecast dependent so when as soon as the forecast good i want to be able to go so having having that time and i think a lot of people have kind of you know changed to that way as well their frequency is like well now actually i quite like having this time so if they can jump online mm -hmm. and do it rather than spend an hour trawling around yeah retail park all that stuff i think it's going to be way more valuable to them but obviously that doesn't help all the people that run these businesses does it i know yeah and that's the um and that's the worry and i think you know again I, I'll, I'll avoid the politics but the this whole closing pubs at 10 thing i just think is one of the worst decisions ever made because a friend of mine runs a pub he's had to take on more staff to deal with table service yeah but he's getting an hour's less where most people you know obviously drink more between 10 and 11 maybe get a shot in or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and that and now everyone's leaving the pub at the same time and just congregating in streets and yeah. and it just I, I don't understand the logic at yeah. all but, like a new rush hour yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah everyone fighting for the same cabs breathing on each other <laughs> it makes no sense no no so um obviously you know that that was kind of march time and then you know i i reached out to you for this podcast because you wrote an article on on linkedin about you um recently being uh, diagnosed with autism uh, um mm. and you're, how old are you sorry 36 that's a thing 36 yeah yeah so you know being being diagnosed with 36 i mean I don't know a huge amount about it, but generally I'd assume that when people are diagnosed with that, they're usually kids, aren't they? Um, so yeah. how, so initially you said you went to see a, a GP and stuff. So can you kind of talk, talk me through that and, and you know, your, what was going on in your brain with that? Why, why did you start? So, um, yeah, very happy to talk about it. So, um, yeah, like I said, all those dark phone calls and, and like one thing I've always had is, drive and hunger i think you know because i grew up in a council state in northwest london with two unemployed parents like i i want i wanted like you know i was quite materialistic i think in terms of my wants i wanted a big house i wanted you know a posh car whatever else yeah um 
and then this happened and it was really like what do i want um and then when when it was weird because then when i started thinking i'm not that fast but i don't care what next year looks like now it just felt so alien to me because i can like literally every single year i wanted more i want more i want more which is good and bad you know it's, it's yeah. made me run a business and it makes me competitive and whatever else but at the same time it, it, you know lots of people have said you'll never be content which yeah you know it's, it's it's true in a way so then when that happened then then and then i, I struggled to motivate myself which i never do never had done before mm-hmm. um i was really snappy with the kids which again you know I, obviously sometimes they're annoying but um I, I found myself just finding it difficult to be uh, around them for long periods of time which i've never had before yeah and then i just i just found myself getting further and further down and i'd really just like to go to bed all day not see anyone not speak yeah. to anyone i didn't i couldn't do it because of running a business and children but every like i was going to bed at six most nights and like you know just watching crap on on netflix that i'd already seen a million times um hardy bucks and peep show i don't know if you've seen <laughs> hardy bucks but i love it um Peep show, I think I've watched a billion times. Yeah, but, I love Peep show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you're in a bad mood, it's just, they, they feel like they're mates that you can just hang out with, don't they? But, yeah. um, which is a sad thing to say out loud, but I said it. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I got really lucky. So I spoke to my GP and she said, obviously in Sussex, I don't know if, if you're aware, but, but with the podcast, I would assume you are, that there's um, a free mental health help called Time to Talk yeah um which is you know you can either do like this or you can do where you type answers in and um so the first person i spoke to was an assessor who then decides which kind of therapist you get matched up with and she said have you ever thought that you might be autistic and it was literally maybe a minute and a half into the first assessment right uh weird thing to say no i haven't um (laughs) and then then i started thinking about it i googled you know, I think that's one of the things with with autism. You want to know everything, everything. and like one of the things is making lists and just being compulsive about data, which I knew I always had, but I just yeah. presumed I was just a bit odd. And and then I started reading about it, and I did like a. I mean, you should always be skeptical of them anyway. But I did an online one of those online tests, and it came back with like you're definitely you know autistic. And yeah. so I then. Um, in true well i mean if you the technical time at the moment is i, I have asperger's from next year they're not making differentiator between asperger's and autism it's all going to be autistic spectrum disorder okay but, but at, the mo- at the moment my official one is i, I have asperger's so yeah so i reading loads about it and i fa- actually found a lady um in scotland amory gallagher who she kind of writes the assessment for adult assessment so i thought if anyone's going to be good at finding out if i've got it or not it's going to be her um so emailed her had a had a chat with her on the phone really liked her just liked everything about you know she was very black and white and but but still being nice and uh, and just talked me through the process and you know i don't know if it's a pro that um because obviously we could do it on zoom it meant i could speak to someone in scotland rather than thinking i better go with someone in sussex so it meant yeah. i could speak to whoever i wanted to and we had, so the first thing was a preliminary conversation. Then my mum had to do quite an intense assessment because exactly like you said, it's not something you gain, you're born with it. Um, like it's a neurological condition rather than, you know, like like um, depression or anxiety or something like that that can come on. This is, if you scanned my brain, it would look different to yours. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, she did the server and my mum, and I remember getting a phone call, she was like, look, we'll do the rest of the assessment, but there was literally no way you're not um so we we did another 
Zoom call for about two hours, just me and Anne-Marie, and then we did another three-hour one, three one where my wife was involved as well. Um, okay. And things that I thought were normal, which <laughs> started to come out that just weren't. So I mean, like some of the stuff that, um, you know, I, I, I learned to stress myself at a really, really young age because I didn't want anyone touching me, which I didn't oh, realise. Yeah. Um, I got I got expelled from playgroup, which Anne-Marie hadn't seen before. It's quite, quite going some to get expelled pre-nursery, but I've got that. <laughs> Uh, I'd run around the garden if anyone tried to hug me, you know, I'd run away from any planet. So I didn't know any of that, um, yeah. which we'll come on. We'll come on to that in a bit about, you know, you saying whether it was good, how I felt good. That that part now and again, I feel like my life could have been easier if I'd have been diagnosed earlier. But, yeah. but we, we, we can speak about that in a bit. So then and then, um, yeah, and then and then on the last one. Because one of the things that if you have Asperger's or autism, like the key thing is that where you know, like if you're if you're at the bar and the barman makes eye contact with you, you know that that means he's going to come to you in a bit. Mm. Where for Asperger's and autistic people, we've had to learn that that means he's coming to me or like, you know, you furrow your brow might mean that you're cross or like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so obviously over 36 years, I've taught myself what these interactions mean. And so she was asking me about like the things that stressed me out my, what, most. And the two things that immediately came to mind are cues in general, which, you know, again, lots of people don't like cues. Mm. Um, and weddings, like whenever I'm invited to a wedding, I always feel a little bit sick where people that know me can come like this, you know, kind of outgoing, love the, love the attention and all that stuff, which, yeah. which I do love the attention. I, you know, I, I am an attention seeker. But yeah. wedding weddings to me, I immediately think of, me on a table nine people I don't know and for me talking to them I literally get uh, and, and Amory got me to write it out so I will talk to like number one then number three number five number seven and then I'll go back to four and two and I'll think have I asked two the same amount of questions as five and, oh, right. and five five I've only asked him about his job and I've not asked seven about her job I don't want her thinking I'm sexist so I'll ask her about her job next and then I'll yeah. go back to number one I thought everyone felt like that but oh, <laughs> apparently people don't. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, Hannah was like, my wife was on the phone like, what? <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, well, if you don't know that's weird, you wouldn't know to bring up. Yeah, true. Um, so the reason like, so at weddings, for instance, by about half eight, nine o'clock, I'm always like, no, I'm done. You can stay if you want, but I'm going home. Like, unless I know loads of people there, I'm, I'm always like, I, I just want to go home. And so, that was because in our brain we have like this whole um battery kind of the uh, battery analogy is quite a good one so for that interaction it really drains half of my brain but yeah. because it's taken up with so much thinking about it's exhausting yeah yeah it must be but then so then the, the one lifestyle change i've made really is factoring in recharge time so if i know i'm going to do something like for instance yesterday i really messed up i was on a zoom call from 7 30 and I worked all the way through till gone seven at night with maybe about 20 minutes in, in between. Yeah. But um, what, with weddings and with days like that, what I should do is factor in, you know, so, so for a wedding, for instance, always stay over and then go to my room for an hour, listen to podcasts, yeah. play, play my phone, read a book, whatever it is. But I have an hour where I factor in just for me. Mm. And then I'll come back and I'll be able to prolong the night and I won't be as fidgety and as annoying and as, um, you know, can we go home now? Can we go home now? Can we go yeah. home now? So, so it's a very small change I've had to make in that in that front, but that has already had a big big impact on me. 
that's crazy that you you say you know you you had all this stuff going on internally but you never like i'd have thought sometimes did you never like kind of make a joke to your wife when you're at wedding you're like oh have you 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 spoken to number number four yet and stuff but i suppose actually because you you just think it's a normal part of social interaction i guess and and if you think like i've done it since i was old enough so obviously i've gotten to quite a lot of trouble when i was young and then I learned how to wear a mask in different situations and how to conform. Which is and so I think every, yeah, exactly. And that's why it gets tiring. But I think every time I got a positive interaction by performing in the way someone expected me to, yeah, then my brain is just like, okay, fine, crack on. That's what you need to do to 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 be normal. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Yeah, that's crazy. It's it's so funny when you when you say like. Yeah, because I mean, I've, I've never heard anything like that before. I mean, I know that <laughs> I, it, uh, autism is, I guess it's one of those things. And I think my younger brother was tested a lot. He's got dyslexia and dyspraxia, but he was tested for autism and stuff. And the, the spectrum is vast, isn't it? It's so, it's so broad. So I think it can be so hard to really put a label on it. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, uh, you know, one of the interesting things, which I, uh, when I first, because at, at the beginning, I only told really my close mates and I told my team because I just, I, I don't know why really. I think I just felt like they should know. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, anyway, regardless of what I told, I, I, I didn't tell everyone. Because once I started telling people, the one bit that um, slightly annoyed me, and it's because, I'm very factual so my brain is quite like a computer so yeah. lots of people say oh everyone's on the spectrum well there's loads of people on the spectrum and actually if you read about it it's just not true it's yeah. less than a percent of people in the country that have it yeah. and of that it you know because I, I, I felt exactly I thought exactly the same everyone's on there somewhere it's just where you fall but it's not it's less than a percent and yeah. of that it, you either have it or you don't it's not yeah. like oh you're a little bit like you said about your brother he either would have had it or he, he wouldn't yeah um and and that bit i found quite interesting yeah, i think sometimes people say it to me because they want they don't want me to feel like oh you're weird or i'm going to treat you differently you know so it's like almost a I don't worry about it which is, again it's fine everyone reacts in a different way um yeah, yeah. Of i've told everyone i want to tell now so i'm not and i think it, you know I, I have a responsibility to you know practice what i preach and talk about mental health because i think particularly um you know it, it's just something people don't necessarily talk about. If you were diagnosed with something else, you would have talked about it. And with, with this, you know, some of my mates were like, well, you know, do you need to tell people? Do you want to tell people? And I think, again, probably part of my brain, I, I wanted to, I wanted to help people because, you know, I know there are people that have taken their diagnosis and it's really messed with their heads. Um, you know, I know someone that's quit their job and is in a bit of a, a hole at the minute because she just doesn't know what she wants to do because um, it's made her rethink everything, which I think is sad personally, because I'm still exactly the same person I am. Yeah. I need a few hours here and there by myself. Yeah, and you still you still achieved everything that you've achieved, you know, with, with, without the diagnosis. And now, now, I guess you almost, did it, did it feel kind of relieving in a certain way? Or did you, were you literally just not aware of, because you thought everyone else thought that way? But I guess in a certain extent, was it, was it kind of relieving and you were like, I've kind of, can put can put a bit of a label on this and you can now say look I've, weirdly enough you've got a reason now look i want to go and sit in my room for 20 minutes and you know watch watch something on netflix and then i'll come back down does that does that kind of give you a bit of a safety net now that you potentially didn't have before 
100%. Yeah. And I like being busy, so I don't use it, you know, um, I'd always rather be doing something, you know, when, when I watch TV, I need to have a, a, I'll only watch like an hour and it needs to be like a program I'm into. I can't just watch like, I don't know, my wife's watching that little mix nonsense at the minute. I couldn't watch that. But if it's like, I'm watching Frontier at the minute and The Boys and they're two of the best things I've watched oh, for, for a while. So good. The Boys is ridiculous. Like, I, yeah, up there, with, up there with Breaking Bad for me is phenomenal. Oh, just so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I came to it late as well. So I watched season one just as season two was about to come oh, out. So I, I literally, yeah, yeah. So oh, it was brilliant. Great. I binged pretty much the whole of season one in a week. And then and then that Friday, three episodes of uh, two came out. So yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a brilliant way to do it. Um, but yeah, so so that that recharge time has been, has been a big change. Um, and I found I was avoiding certain things and that was making me nervous that I was becoming, I don't know, um, miserable or something. And like now, so like for instance, I've done loads of traveling, but airports are another one of my things that like, I find hard to, tra- to deal with. Okay. Um, and so now I know that because I was coming to a point where I was thinking, do you know what, I'm just going to have all my holidays in the UK, which obviously isn't fair on my kids and... There's still loads of the world I want to see. If you could teleport me there, I wouldn't have even thought about it. But now, you know, um, knowing that, okay, I can either put my headphones in and just crack on through or um, my wife, because she used to get really cross with me at airports because I would have to be the first one in line for security. I would have to be the first one in line. Even if we were Rose Ed on the plane, I would still be queuing up at that departure lounge before it was even open. Yeah. And now she knows that. I mean, we haven't flown together since, obviously, but it'll be interesting to see how how the, how that goes. Yeah. Um, probably just do what I used to do and go to uh, Weatherspoons for two hours beforehand, and then it's yeah. then it's always easier. But and then and then in other parts that um that I've really embraced. So I keep I've always kept hundreds of lists on my phone, which again I didn't know was like weird, but like. I mean, this again. This is another one. Like I'm obsessed with washing, so. Uh, like washing your clothes so i have a, a list on my phone of like um i've scored all of the like detergents that i've used i've scored all of the conditioners i've used i've scored all of the oh, color right. catches i've used yeah yeah so <laughs> like the com- combinations of them all again i didn't know that was like super weird like i guess it's not something i wouldn't necessarily said to a mate at a pub like yeah. you know what's, what's your favorite fabric conditioner mate yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. But now I've embraced that and I like it, so I don't care. It brings me joy. It doesn't matter. All yeah. I, I, I've found a pair of socks that I love, so I now own twelve pairs of exactly the same socks, and I'll never buy a different brand. Yeah, done. Brings me joy. Makes no difference to anyone. Well, I think it's all about it's all about finding, you know, especially especially with everything that's going on. It's all about finding these kind of coping mechanisms and things that make your life easier. And now that you know that you've got that, as I said, you can you can kind of steer into that skid a bit and you can kind of wear it, wear it like a bit of a badge of honor, I guess. And be like, yeah, fuck, fuck yeah. I keep lists of washing powders and I have, yeah. you know, the same pair of socks and all this stuff. And it, it, I, to me, I, I almost would side would think now that having chatted to you, I'd almost think, why would you view it as something negative? Like your friend unfortunately has, you know, cause it, to me, yeah, it would, it would feel like a load off my mind being like, right, finally I've, I know what's going on now, you know? I think some of it is, I'm, you know, I'm lucky I own my own business. So um, I can, it hasn't changed anything with me. For her, maybe she's thought, do I, you know, um, am I going to be supported? Yeah. Um, 
all of that stuff, I'm still going to be told what to do. Is that what I want to do? So I think some of it could be that. I think also, although we both have autism, we're very different people. So, you know, that's just how, you know, one part, my friend got diagnosed um, with very late stage cancer a number of years ago. And he went vegan and has done exercise and now is in indefinite remission. He's in the shape of his life. So, you know, but someone else could have taken that and thought, you know, I don't know if I can cope with this. And, and, and so it all depends on your personality. And I'm not putting my autism in the same bracket as his at all. No, no, no. His way works. But, but I just think the, um, yeah, I guess the, I'm never going to be cured of it. That, that's, that I guess you you know if you sit and think about it, there's certain things that I'll never enjoy as someone else would do, but you, there are also people that wouldn't get the same joy of sitting in a quiet room and reading a book for an hour that I do, and and lots of things that I need are free and easy, you know, sitting in a park and just with my headphones listening to music, that's doesn't cost anything, and and if that's like my medicine, then then happy date. So yeah, 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 it's it's. It's funny, like quite a few of the, the kind of symptoms, for lack of a better word, they, they do sound remarkably similar to things like anxiety and stuff, don't they? So anxiety and, and kind of, you know, all the overthinking aspects of it. And I mean, I, I've, you know, I, I suffer with, you know, quite bad anxiety sometimes. And, you know, things like potentially, you know, airports or something that can be really stressful. You know, it's again, it's so good that you you kind of have that, no, it's it's not anxiety, it's autism, and I can get it under control and, and all this stuff, whereas anxiety can so easily overwhelm someone that suffers from it. And that's the interesting bit. So uh, I, I can't remember the stat, but if you have Asperger's or autism, you're, you're like 50% more likely to ha have anxiety and depression yeah. as well. Um, so, but then where does one start and the other end? You know, it's, it's difficult to say. So I guess all of it, is about being kind to yourself and knowing what your triggers are, right? Because yeah. you know queuing up at a bar that's super busy is going to be more stressful than going to a quiet pub and maybe not seeing that group of mates. Well, you know, maybe you have to do that. Um, and, and luckily, you know, approaching my 40s now, most of my mates don't want to go to the kind of places you have to queue up to get into. And, yeah. you know, we'd, we'd all be much happier sitting in an old man's pub with tile walls and and beer on tap and you know quiet so again you know um i think it's made me okay there are certain things I've, I've said yes to in the past and done and hated like um i've been on a couple of stag dudes by day two three i'm i'm grumpy and i've you know about taking some time out by myself and and a couple of friends have just thought i'm being i don't know a drama queen or something um which again now I know I will either just say that I'm not going to go or what I think more likely is I'll go, but I'm going to stay in my own hotel. Um, yeah. uh, because there, there's been a couple where, yeah, day two. And I think this is the, this has been the other problem with, with it because I am kind of one of the first to the bar and, and my mates would, you know, if they, if you want a night out, my mate, my friends would call me to say, let's go and have a beer. I've, I've always been like that. Yeah. So then, but I, on day two, I'm always, you know, and not just because of the hangover, but just because I've seen them for too long. I don't need another I've 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it must be. But again, now, I mean, have, have your friends, obviously, I guess you've not had a chance to really kind of test it out since you were diagnosed. It was only July, wasn't it? But um, I guess with your friends knowing that now, do you are you kind of hoping that when you do go on a stag do again or things like that, it, there will be 
a bit more kind of lenient with it. And I guess you don't, but you yeah. don't, you don't want to be babied though, do you? I suppose, but the, you know, this is it. This is it. I think so. All of my best friends that I've spoken to about it have been. One of them was like, yeah, I mean, no, I've seen it. I'm not surprised at all, um, <laughs> which was the, the same reaction as my two sisters, actually. Um, but I think the, uh, I'm, I'm confident enough to say to people, like, um, I, I don't want to do that, or if I am going to do it, I'm going to do it on my terms. And, and But I'm, uh, exactly what you said, I don't want people being like, and, and if it's someone stagged, I don't want the spotlight to then be on me, or he has to go because he's autistic. I don't want that. Yeah. But I think I'll just... I'll only go on stag dudes now that I know over half the people and I'll maybe just have a quiet word to probably like my best mate that goes on that stag and just be like, look, I'm going to disappear in an hour. So I don't want a big thing made of it. Well, you know, normally some, everyone would be calling you or being like, come on, one more beer. Yeah. A stag, stag I went to penultimate one and no one would let me get home. So I was getting more and more annoyed and agitated fun, and anxious. Yeah. And, and yeah, in the end, I think I just slunk uh, kind of, sulked out the back and then spent the morning by myself so i think i'll be more open with it and understand that and even saying that out loud because thinking about stag dudes before i've always loved the first day and then hated it from then on in but even yeah. thinking about that out loud if i have a morning by myself where i can sightsee or read my book i'll be absolutely fine by lunchtime and be yeah. able to crack back on so um so happy days yeah it's, as, as we said the whole you know the whole thing is yeah just just finding finding that coping mechanism so that you can continue having a normal life. You know, you can continue. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot, a lot more people than you'd think probably, you know, regardless of whether they've, you know, got Asperger's autism or not, a lot of people probably feel the same thing, but they feel like they can't get out of it. You know, a lot yeah, of people yeah, yeah. morning three of a five day stag are probably like, can I please just lie in bed and watch Star Wars yeah. for two hours? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. And then we'll go for lunch. But, just give me a bit of time off. I think a lot of the time people do kind of put this face on when they really don't want to. And again, I think that's probably something good that may come out of this lockdown is that people will be a lot more, a lot more maybe happy in their own company and be like, no, nah, I'm not going to come out or, you know, I don't, I'll come out tonight, but I'm not coming for lunch tomorrow. You know, all this people will be yeah. more happy within themselves. Hopefully. I mean, you know, it's difficult. It could go either way, but. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I can't remember if it was Papa John's or Domino's, they did a good um, campaign around the opposite of FOMO, because I always had FOMO, you know, the night you're saying I'm not going to go out was always be the best night, but they did a, yeah, 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 it's horrible, um, but they did the opposite, didn't they, That like where plans got cancelled and the person was like a beaming smile or they'd be on the phone being like, oh yeah, I've got flu, I can't come out. And then like uh, this big pizza would get delivered and they'd be jumping around. Because sometimes, like, yeah, I mean, one of my favourite things is when plans get cancelled. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, stick pyjamas on, breathe, or, or watch a film or whatever. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do wonder, because I, th I, I think you're right. I think there are, there are plenty of people that by day three, regardless of what they've got, particularly the older we get, our hangovers last longer. So yeah. you want just a day. And then, you know, I know we shouldn't kind of generalise based on gender, but there is really... If you have 10, 10 lads around a campfire, a stag do, and you're like, I'm not ready to have a drink yet, you are going to end up with a drink in your hand. There's no yeah. way. I've never been on a stag. Every stag do I've been to, last couple, we've, we've been lucky. We've had nice villas and stuff. And you wake up at 10 o'clock, you think, I just want a cup of tea, a bacon sandwich, and just sit on the grass for a bit. And then one maniac, normally a scouser, will have a can in his hand at nine. Yeah. And then, go on, do you want a can? And you're like, no. 
then another person will come out. Do you want to count? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. And then that's that's it then. Yeah, and it and it you know and then I've, I mean I've had exactly the same thing. I mean I've been on a not a stag do, but I went on a boat trip last year with with the boys for the day, and we went out and everyone was drinking beers. I was the only one not drinking, and it it took me at least an hour to be like of saying no before they were like, all right, yeah, it's fine. You do you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think I know op- opening up about my mental health and stuff like that has, has actually made it easier because again, like, and then friend also, you know, since starting this podcast and stuff, my friends have come out and said, Oh, I sometimes suffer with this, sometimes suffer with this. And actually, yeah, you know, I've realized it has become a bit less toxic in that aspect of like, you've got to have a beer, you know, now it's a lot more like, mm-hmm. just do what you want, mate. You know, do you, just do you, you want to go sit in bed for a while. If you want to, you know, you want to come down, if you want to get some food, if you want to have a cup of tea, I think, and I'm, you know, hoping, especially like you said, it does happen a lot more in men, doesn't it? And I think that's why mental health is so bad because don't talk about it. It's a lot more of like, oh, just go and get a beer, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the whole sentence, you know, man up. That's um, yeah. that. I, I the amount of times I, I've been honest, the amount of times I've said that as well as you know. I'm sure, I've said it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's part of our thing isn't it we have to show off to each other it starts at an early age we have to be the best drinker we have to be the fastest yeah i think you know it's difficult isn't it because we we can't we have to acknowledge that we've we've won the lottery in terms of being white male it's easier in a lot a lot of ways than than any other combination uh, and you know it would be wrong to say anything differently because because it's it's just a, a fact. But I I also think it comes with its own pressures. And I think, um, like you said, maybe out of this people will be more open to being honest because it's depressing as well when it comes to Friday and you're like I'd really like to see my mates but pubs aren't open this weekend. Yeah, and you're like, what does that say? You know. Um. So you mentioned about going for walks and stuff like. When I was wanting to get out and even seeing clients and contacts, rather than saying, do you want to go for a coffee? Which, again, for me, has always, if I don't know someone very well, I've always suggested it because it's the thing we do. But like, in my mind, I'm like, what's the process for going for a coffee? I've asked them four questions. I know now that they want me to do a proposal for X, coffee over. Oh, they've got half their coffee left. Now what do I ask? And, you know, yeah. and, and so if I come... Do I get another drink? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so... Actually, uh, for a couple of clients and prospects, I've said, do you want to go for a walk? And I've either driven to where they live or we've driven halfway and we've gone for a walk up and down. So, again, I'm a massive advocate of suggesting walks for meetings. Uh, You get get a lot more from it because you end up talking about everything, you know, um, stuff that they actually care about. And you end up having a much more meaningful chat. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Trying to do, you know, it becomes a lot less, um, it becomes a lot more casual, doesn't it? Which is, yeah, exactly. I'm all for it. I can't, I can't stand like, why does a, why does a shirt and tie make me better at my job? You know, I've never understood. Oh mate, I know, I know. I just, I I drove into Brighton the other day and I saw a fella in a shirt and tie and it, it, it was an estate agent and it was really jarring because I haven't seen what a shirt and tie for so long. Yeah. But, you know, we invented the tie before we invented buttons. It was a way to keep our shirt looking smart and done up at the top. But we have buttons now. We don't need ties. No. I just, I don't know why, why you'd be more trustworthy because you've got a suit on. I'm not, I'm not ever going back to that now. Maybe for, you know, weddings and funerals if, if I have to. But oh. I, can't see, I can't see myself buying a tie again, to be honest. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
Um, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, I know you're, I'm aware you've, you've got to go in a minute, so you've got to go pick your, pick your lad up from school. Um, but I mean, thank you for um, for being so honest. I mean, it's so it's so interesting. I think, like you said, autism is one of those things. There's so many rumours around it because it is such a broad subject, and people, oh well, everyone's on the spectrum and all this. So yeah, and it's been super interesting to get um get some insight into it and actually how weirdly how similar it is to you know anxiety and overthinking and stuff. And I can see why why it must be difficult. So hopefully moving forward life can be um a bit easier but we'll finish it finish it with a couple of questions i always ask um the podcast was started around ideally me being able to sit and drink beer and talk to people because that's my favorite thing to do um so what's your what's your favorite favorite beer are you a beer man i think i heard you in the network that you are a beer man aren't you so um yeah so i'll give you a shot i used to love beer then I developed this allergy, which uh, I got a test done by the NHS, which was to, in standard kind of, yeah, it was yeast, but um, it only showed itself in beer. Then I've discovered, I went on all these forums, exactly like you would expect an Asperger's autistic person to do, went on all these forums, and I finally yeah. found the supplement. So about six months ago, I've started drinking beer again. So fabulous. So yeah, um, yeah it's been brilliant. Because so I've cider it's all right it's no more than all right um sunny day lovely couple of pints but my favorite beer is by country mile aside it's not even a close second yeah if i if i go to a pub and they've got a sahi on tap I'm, I'm there for a good while nice are you are you into are you into all the fancy beers the ipas and stuff or are you just a you're a lager man uh, I, I, I was more of a bitter and the fans like yeah craft ale and stuff but i don't want to risk it I feel like I've been given a second hand at getting lager. So at the moment, I'm just sticking to the Asahis, the San Miguel's, the Red Stripe, so yeah. those, those, and uh, yeah, fine. Yeah. What about you? I mean, yeah, I mean, similar thing. Like, I just couldn't, can't beat a pint of Peroni anywhere and stuff, and it's, it's epic. But recently, I was in Edinburgh in July um, for some work, and I had a, a Pina Colada IPA, and it was. Wow. And it was epic. And I've seen Cam- okay. Camden have started making one called Pina Lager. So I'm going to order a six pack of them and see what they're like. But yeah. Okay. With, with these IPAs and all this stuff, like you can have like one of them. It's like eating a meal. You basically cut it with a knife and fork. They're so heavy. Yeah, know? I agree. Like yeah. One, and then I'm like, oh. Yeah. And if you have it at the wrong time of the night, then that's your night over. Because you just yeah. feel too sluggish. Exactly. You got you start. I start with one. You start with that, and you're like, "Ooh!" And you get a bit of a taste, and then you switch to something a bit lighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then you're home by ten now. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We're getting old. <laughs> um, what about what you know? Lockdown movies, TVs. What you've been? What you've been watching? Obviously, you mentioned the boys. Um, anything? Anything else you've been been watching that you're into? Yeah, I mean, again, we're so spoiled at them, and aren't we, with Netflix yeah. and Amazon? I came. The other one that I loved over lockdown that I came too late was The Fall, Gillian Anderson. Oh, I've not watched um, that. Mate, do you like kind of murder crime type programs? No, it's not, not my really. thing, but I know people that don't like it as well that have said, yeah, watch The Fall, though, it's amazing. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant from start yeah. to finish. And again, knowing that you've got three series to watch, it's quite comforting, I think. So that was that was a really good one. No. Um, I can't, yeah, I, don't, I, I absolutely smashed through The Last Kingdom, which was really good as well. Um, if you want like a... Yeah, it's that Viking, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, and then if I've got half an hour and I just want to watch something up, uplifting and, and fun, it will either be Peep Show or Hardy, Hardy Bucks, which is like this Irish mockumentary thing, which is really funny. Um, oh, really? Yeah. 
It's really good. I wouldn't call I wouldn't call Peep Show uplifting, but it is very funny. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I know. I know exactly what you're saying, but I guess it's the comfort thing. Yeah. You know, I know what's coming next, and I know yeah. their journey. But yeah, you're right. It's a bit. It's weird. I've never thought about it as depressing, but I guess it is. They, they have a pretty crap life, don't they? Yeah, they've got the worst. The, the worst life, but. I guess that makes you feel good about yourself, doesn't it? I suppose. I just feel like I know both of them, and yeah, I guess did. that you know, again with the with the Asperger's head on, there's no surprises. I know exactly what's coming next. It's a comforting yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, sport activity, getting getting outside. Obviously, it sounds like you, you quite like you know just going going for a wander. But any any kind of sports you're into, what would you do if you could do anything? So at the moment, I'm living vicariously through my sons. I coach both of their football teams. Okay. Um, so my seven-year-old is in the under-eights team and my four-year-old is in the under-five. So that takes up quite a lot of the weekend. Yeah. Um, but they're both really enjoying it. Uh, I let them come to it because with, with my eldest, I made the classic mistake of kind of trying to force him into it too young and he hated it. So we took yeah. a year away and then he wanted to come back. That's good. Um, so football's my sport, yeah, without a doubt. I like cricket as well. I used to yeah. play decent level of cricket but um football's the one football's the one nice yeah uh, and then i know from from the networking events i know you're you're very into ancient greece hit me with a really cool ancient greece fact if you've got one think of what's the i mean i know very little i've well, basically prepped me on that i know i'm sorry, <laughs> sorry i should have told you well a basic fact then but i mean i i've literally like i could recite the whole of troy for you but i know it's not very historically accurate but you know I, I do, I do quite like it, but by the sounds of it, you're a bit of an expert. I mean, I can see you've got statues and books behind you of. <laughs> yeah, yeah I just, I, I've become obsessed by it again. I'm trying to read because I was just reading ancient Greek books, and I was kind of feeling like I knew Alexander the Great. So I'm trying to alternate one Greek, one non-Greek. Yeah. Um, an interesting fact. Um. I, like you know what? I, I, I have to, not that it's got, it goes back to every, every talk that I put in, but the um, Aristotle's artistic proofs, how a person could have written something two and a half thousand years ago um, that is still just as relevant, if not more relevant today, that, yeah. you know, for a, for a marketing message or for any, even if you're arguing with your spouse or with your friends, that you want to persuade them to see your point of view if you always think of the three elements to any uh, persuasive argument of the emotional hook, the, the data, and the ethics, if you have all three parts of that to an argument, you'll always win. Yeah. That to me is amazing. That you know, just shows you that we're still so connected to our past. Yeah. And, and in a comforting way, human nature doesn't really change. No. Even though the world around us does, I guess we're all, we're all still the same, really, aren't we? Yeah. We want to tell stories feel like we know people and feel recognized yeah exactly well that's a that's a great place to end it um yeah thank you so much for coming on james um guys i hope you've uh, you've enjoyed this podcast got a little something about it um if you have enjoyed it please like share subscribe all the usual uh, nonsense um yeah thank you very much james and thank you for listening guys we will see you for the next one thanks andy